1: and what is up welcome in we are live from market on main friday episode of gc live hope everybody had an outstanding thanksgiving happy rivalry week we are one day away from south carolina versus clemson Uh, It may be game day, depending on when you are listening to us, but uh, we are live right now on YouTube, Facebook, and, of course, on the GamecockCentral.com homepage from Market on Main. I'm going to tell you a little bit more about what they have going on, both for the Clemson-Carolina game, and we got a wave, Chris, for people to win a chance to come to the Market on Main for their New Year's Eve party. You can watch the ball drop on the biggest screen in the entire Columbia area here at Market on Main. We're going to tell you about that here shortly. But uh, first, we're going to go out to our special guest line. We're going to bring in Matt Connolly of ClemsonSports.com on the Own3 Network. Matt going to tell us the Clemson perspective on this game. Matt, uh, how are we doing today, man? Appreciate you joining us. Uh, you ready for this game on Saturday?
2: What's up, guys? Uh, yeah, doing great. Appreciate y'all having me on. I think it'll be a good one Saturday and uh, looking forward to, to being there.
1: Yeah, Matt is uh, coming at us live from a helicopter. Uh, uh, so, uh, he's
0: flying a plane,
1: so he's going to be giving the the bird's eye view of Clemson Stadium here momentarily. But uh, I'm not driving. I was uh, Yeah, let's let's get that out of the way. He's not driving or piloting uh, the aircraft right now. I I hear Matt's going to watch uh, maybe some soccer here later on. Uh, Chris, I think is going to be doing the same. So we're going to dive right into this thing, Matt. We always ask our guests. Um, for our Gamecock fans listening or watching who have not watched Clemson at all this year, uh, give us just a big picture perspective. What do people need to know about this Clemson Tiger football uh, team?
2: Yeah, I think it all starts with defense with Clemson. Uh, you know, that defensive line, that front seven. It's a group that did it. maybe get off to as good a start as people were kind of hoping for. You know, you look at that Wake Forest game, uh, Sam Hartman had a field day, went up and down the field against them. I think there were some question marks about Wes Goodwin and kind of how good the defense was going to be. Was all of that going to translate under Brent Venables? Uh, But, you know, really they've been playing great recently. Some of that's obviously competition. You know, Miami on offense is not very good. Uh, They were starting a true freshman at quarterback and Ja'Cory Brown. Didn't have a ton of talent around him. Uh, But, you know, really since that Wake Forest game, it's a group that's gotten better and better. Done a much much better job of affecting the quarterback on quarterback and that the year, uh TWung was having a ton of success. Kind of throw all around. The they were really exceeding expectations, I think, on offense and particularly at quarterback. Kind of the second half of the year it's been inconsistent quarterback play, which has led to more of just relying on Will Shipley in that running game. Uh Phil Moff is a guy that's come on strong too. So it's kind of similar to how Clemson was playing last year when they played South Carolina, just a team with a really good defense and a, a okay, inconsistent passing game, but really a, a strong running game led by Will Shipley.
0: Matt, I noted that Will Shipley has had – he seemed to have some of his better statistical performances against teams that Clemson has played that have been like the better teams, right? So Florida State, Syracuse – I think that was two of his better statistical rushing performances this year. Also close games, probably, because of the competition level. But has right. Will Shipley had any games in which in which Clemson has struggled to get the run game going, either with DJ, Will Shipley, Moffat, and crew? Like, What have you seen opposing teams do to be able to limit Clemson's ground game?
2: Yeah, it's been mostly just load up the box, and you saw that even last weekend against Miami, I think he had – like 61 yards, average less than four yards a carry. Um, you know, teams have just said, hey, we're not going to let this guy beat us. You mentioned the, the good games he's had. Uh, you know, a lot of that was it's a close game and they're just going to ride their workhorse. And so, you know, the closer the game, the more they're going to rely on him, the more it's kind of a dogfight, the more they're just going to try to get him the ball. Obviously, Notre Dame was another game uh, where they didn't have a ton of success running the ball. And, you know, Notre Dame, I think defensively felt like they matched up pretty well on the outside. And so, you know, they, they kind of left some guys on some islands one-on-one. I don't think Clipson really scares you at receiver, to be honest. I think Antonio Williams in the slot is probably their best guy outside of him. You know, Joseph Mingata, Bo Collins, um, you know, guys that have been really inconsistent this year. Sometimes they'll make a great one-handed catch and, and you're thinking, man, now they're kind of going to break out. And then, you know, like Bo Collins with two games, even when he was healthy when he didn't have a catch. so. It's been inconsistent, uh, but yeah, I mean, teams have teams have loaded up the box. They've been able to stop them, like I mentioned. Notre Dame did that. Miami did that, um, and then you know, like I said, I think you'll see in this game too. I think they're going to rely on him a lot and just try to try to win the game on his shoulders.
1: Matt, um, what have you seen from Clemson's uh, offensive line play this year? I, I think um, you know, with Carolina, they have not been a great team at stopping the run themselves, and I, I think. They you gotta imagine they're gonna put all their resources into trying to stop Shipley. And, you know, their their issues at times have been not only are they getting blocked, but then they have struggled with missed tackles. You look at the Tennessee game for South Carolina though, there were times where they were getting blocked, but uh there weren't a lot of missed tackles. There weren't a lot of situations where a four or five yard gain becomes a long gain. And that was an issue for them against Florida, an issue for them, even you know, honestly against Vanderbilt and Missouri. So I think it'd be a key this week too obviously but what have you seen from Clemson's O-line um, you know is their running game more like Shipley and those guys making something happen or is it that um, he's giving you know getting a lot of room to operate and then if Carolina can slow down the running game sticking with that O-line how have they also been in pass protection at Carolina defensive front they don't have great sack numbers but they do have pretty good pressure numbers when they can get teams into those third and long situations.
2: Yeah, it's been a group that's been pretty inconsistent, to be honest. I mean, it, it's been probably better than I thought it would be, um, you know, especially run blocking. Uh, I think that they've, they've done a nice job of opening up some lanes. They have allowed some sacks, but a lot of that's been DJ is just a big, strong guy and thinks he can make a play. And so, you know, he holds onto the ball at times too long. So that's something that that they've been really frustrated at times with It's just he kind of – the play's not there, and rather than throw the ball away or or even, you know, punt if you have to, um, he's a guy that always wants to try to make that play. And so he's going to hang in the pocket and and think he can kind of shed guys. And the times he's able to do that because he's a big, strong, 240-pound quarterback. Uh, But there are also times where he kind of holds onto the ball too long as it takes a sack. So that has been most of their sacks. Um, But, yeah, like I said, I mean, I think probably decisions overall – been inconsistent at times, you know, they they lost uh, Marcus Tate, their starting left guard, who's going to be out for the season. Uh, he suffered a knee injury last week, and so you've got Mitchell Mays filling in there, who has played the last two weeks. He's played most of the past two games. Uh, a couple games ago, Walker Parks was out, and so he played right guard. And then this past week, Marcus Tate got hurt early on in that game, and uh, Mitchell Mays came in at left guard. So, you know, he allows some penetration. Miami, honestly, at times, did a pretty nice job against Clemson, of, both stopping the run and getting after DJ and kind of getting some pressure on him. So, you know, I think if you're if you're South Carolina, you kind of look at that Miami film and think, you know, maybe you get a little bit of confidence from that, just watching how they struggled at times. Uh, but DJ, man, like I said, he is a guy that's really hard to bring down. And, you know, if you get back there and, and get some pressure on him, you're not going to be able to shove him down with one hand or kind of one-arm grab and be able to pull him down. You're going to have to make sure you finish sacks if you're South Carolina and, and want to finish off those plays
0: matt you mentioned marcus tate and his injury and so that will be a you know shift there for the tigers on the offensive line but give us before we get to the next stuff a, a quick rundown of the injury situation for clemson brian breezy will be back right for this game but, yep. but give us like a general overview who's coming back that they've been missing and will anybody else aside from tate be out for this game
2: yeah Brzee and uh beau collins coming back are the two big ones i know i mentioned Bo Collins kind of being inconsistent, but he is one of their starting receivers who had a really good freshman season. I think people thought he might be the go-to guy this year, and it's been kind of inconsistent. And part of that has been injuries. Uh, but those two will be back. You know, Brzee, It's been interesting. He's been kind of up and down, and obviously he's had so much going on on the field and away from the field with with injury situations and his sister. So, you know, I think that uh. You know, him coming back will, will help Clemson for sure, but I don't know that he's necessarily been the dominant player this year that Clemson was kind of hoping he would be, and, and like I said, obviously for good reason. Um, I don't know that he's still in great shape yet as he tries to get used back to playing 30, 40 snaps. He missed some weeks without practice. So, like I said, I, I know Clemson will be happy to have him back, but uh, not sure how effective he will be. Um, the only other guy I think you might see be out uh, is Adam Randall. Uh, the The receiver, the freshman receiver, who started off the year unable to play, as he recovered from a torn ACL? He did make it back and, and played in several games, and actually had a big catch last week. But he broke his hand in the process. Uh, they thought it was a situation where he'd be able to play through that, and they could kind of tape it up and and put a bandage on it. But I'm not sure if he's going to be able to go or not. And if so, I'm not sure how effective it he'll be. Just it'll be hard uh, having a guy try to play receiver, obviously with a with a broken hand. So. That would be the only other guy I think you may see be out.
1: Matt, you already talked about him a little bit, uh, just the receiving core in general. But um, let, let's talk about it. Elephant in the room. Second straight uh, Dutch former Dutch Fort wide receiver that South Carolina will be facing this week. Also a slot guy. Also now arguably his team's best receiver. The one difference being here that this is not a situation where South Carolina didn't. Recruit him. South Carolina obviously warned Antonio Williams. They uh, made him a priority. They're a longtime leader there. Clemson comes in late, steals him from South Carolina. Uh, probably a lot of Gamecock fans who have been frustrated watching him excel for Clemson this year, to be honest. Um, I got to imagine, y'all, Cam Smith is going to draw that uh, coverage responsibility again in the nickel um, spot. So, what more can you tell us about what Antonio and these receivers have done? I know, like I said, you already talked about it a little bit. And does Antonio, much like Jalen Hyatt at Tennessee, line up almost exclusively in the slot, or does he move around some, Matt?
2: Yeah, is going to only play the slot. That's the only place they've used him all year. Um, and I don't even think it's arguably that he's best Clemson's best receiver. I mean, he's been the top receiver, honestly, throughout the season. He leads them in yards. He leads them in – um, he's the guy that they go to on third down. He's been very, very good in the slot at finding ways to, to just get open. You know, they have a lot of option routes where it's third down, and he's one-on-one with the DB, and, and you know, make your move either to the outside or inside, and that's the the first read. So he's a, he's a very good player. I know South Carolina fans are probably frustrated watching him, but he's, he's a very good player. He's had a great year um, outside of him, and God is kind of the big play threat He's a guy that you maybe throw some jump balls up to, and they were connecting on some of those early in the year. Uh, haven't haven't as much lately. Same with Bo Collins. He's a guy they move around some, and, and maybe more of a deep threat. But he had not got the ball a ton this year either. Uh, but it all starts with Antonio. And you know, they like I said, they play him in the slot, but he does. They do throw it to him deep sometimes. They get him on some deep Uh even some corner routes, trying to find a way to get the ball down the field too. So. Now, he's the punt returner. They give it to him on jet sweeps. They look for him on third down. I mean, he's really been their, their top guy and their go-to guy. Um, and, and I agree with you. I think they'll try to – if I'm South Carolina, I'll put Cam Smith on him and kind of do the same thing they did with Jalen Hyatt, just try to take him out of the game and, and make him as ineffective as possible if you're South Carolina.
0: Matt, um, to go back to the defensive side of the ball, you know, my feeling, and I want, to tell you, I want you to tell me if I'm right or wrong in my thinking – here It seems like the Tigers have had some vulnerabilities on the back end in the secondary. They've surrendered some big explosive plays in the passing game, but they're really, really good up front. They're front four, really. They're front seven with Trenton Simpson, Trotter. They're guys that they run in and out there on the defensive line. But but is that true, number one? And number two, you know, what are the vulnerabilities of this defense when they have had some struggles and given up some points and some plays? What has it been? Has it been primarily – Uh, through the air with explosive passing plays
2: yeah um, you're you're exactly right and and especially early in the year I think it was more when they were struggling defensively in the back seven you look at that Wake Forest game I mean Sam Hartman threw for I think 400 yards and and five touchdowns or something like that it was was insane Uh, he just you know it seemed like every time he dropped back he had a guy running open and they made some contested catches too but Clemson really struggled defensively in that game. They made some personnel changes since then. Uh, Nate Wiggins is, is now their full time number one starting corner, and he struggled in that game some, but he was also coming in and out. And then Sheridan Jones, who is their senior cornerback, he's not going to be a, a great uh, NFL player. He's not going to measure great at the combine or anything like that, but he's just a solid veteran quarterback who I think getting him back has been good too. Um, so, you know, they, they've been a lot better since that game. Now, at the same time, they haven't been tested uh, with, with great receivers. You know, I know playing NC State, uh, they had a good quarterback, but their receivers were nothing special. Um, you know, Florida State moved the ball on Clemson a good bit. Notre Dame had some success passing, but that, you know, they don't have a great offense. And, and certainly, Drew Pine is a pretty average quarterback. You had Louisville without Malik Cunningham for a lot of that game. And then Miami, like I said, didn't have a quarterback who could really throw it around much either. So, Clemson's stats have certainly been better the second half of the year, uh, but they also haven't played guys that really scare you at, at quarterback or receiver. Um, I will say, you know, in the run game, Florida State had a lot of success rushing the ball, and Notre Dame did too. And that was just kind of running different different ways. Florida State did a lot of zone read type stuff, so you may see some of the and joiner there if you're South Carolina. And Notre Dame really just lined up and ran it right at them, and Clemson couldn't stop it. Both of those teams had over 200 yards. So teams have had success running the ball at times on Clemson, uh, but certainly it's been been more through the air when they've allowed passing plays.
1: Matt, um, let's talk a little bit about game flow and how this thing could actually play out. Um, It's been a long time since this matchup has even been competitive. I mean, we're looking back. you got to go back to 2015. Uh, which was a Perry or the Lorenzo Nunez led South Carolina offense here in Columbia before it, you know, you can find a game where it was tight. It's been relatively just controlled. Um, I don't even say relatively. It has been controlled by Clemson every game since Um, what's your feel on how this thing could actually play out. And, um, you know, just in terms of some keys for both sides to Clemson, obviously will want to kind of, create an early lead, I think, and just run the ball much like they did last year, whereas South Carolina is going to hope this thing can actually be in the balance as the game progresses, which is something they haven't been able to do at all in this matchup the last few years.
2: Yeah, I think I think you'll see a pretty competitive game. I don't think you're going to see, you know, it's crazy. Not only is Clemson one seven in a row. I think the last five have been by 21 points or more, so I don't think you'll see that again. I think this will be a, a seven to ten point Game, um, I do think Clemson finds a way to win. I just trust their their defense and offense as being a little more consistent. Uh, but, you know, I do think it will be a, a fun game, kind of solid uh, back and forth. I don't, I don't know. I, I started to say back and forth. I don't know that it will be back and forth. I think Clemson, Clemson will probably lead for most of the game, but I do think that it will be a game that's at least in the balance and you're kind of anxious to see what happens in the second half. Um, you know, as far as keys to the game, I think for South Carolina, it's got to be stopping the run, number one, uh, not allowing, um, you know, those passing plays, and, or I'm sorry, not allowing uh, Will Shipley to get going, kind of limiting film off. I think that that's the start. If you're South Carolina, is just slowing down the run, um, and then uh, for Clemson, I think it's trying to not let that South Carolina offense get confidence and get to Spencer Rattler. Um, he was very, very comfortable was a word Dabo used uh he, he said first of all he said it was one of the best quarterback performances he's seen he doesn't know that he's seen an offense hotter than south carolina's was last week but he also said that spencer rattler was just very comfortable had a ton of time in the pocket uh, could kind of do whatever he wanted back there could kind of sit back and relax clemson's not going to let him do that um you know they'll blitz six seven they'll bring six or seven people uh every play if they have to if, if to not let him allow that have that to not allow him to have that kind of time and to sit back there in the pocket and just kind of relax. So I think for uh for Clemson just getting pressure on Rattler, making him uncomfortable early, um, and then winning one-on-one matchups, um, you know, out, outside, not letting uh, Josh Van and Juice Wells and those guys get loose.
0: Matt, last one I got for you, man. Um, we've talked about offense, we've talked about defense. Let's sit on special teams a little bit, you know, a game that it seems like we all expect this to be competitive and, and maybe even tight into the second half or maybe even into the fourth quarter. So special teams can play in. Uh, South Carolina's kickers, specialists have been reliable. BT Potter, who I think Tommy West recruited, um, he's been there forever and is a really, really good and reliable kicker. But I know Gamecock fans watched the Notre Dame-Clemson game and watched Clemson give up a block hunt for a touchdown. But, but tell us about the Tigers' special teams, how do they match up against South Carolina? Are there any vulnerabilities there that could play into this game?
2: Yeah, first first of all, BC. Uh, I think he's missed three kicks this year. They were all over 40 yards, and one was over 50. So he's he's certainly reliable. Uh, hitting, I think, close to 85, 90 percent of his his uh, field goal. So yeah, Clemson Clemson feels good if it comes down to a field goal game. Um, you know, you mentioned the Notre Dame game. That was just such a weird kind of play. Um, you know, I think Notre Dame saw something on film where they could exploit. I think since then, Clemson's been much better as far as pump protection and, and not allowing uh, any of that kind of penetration. They also changed some personnel there where they moved Ruka uh and, and replaced him. So I think that uh, they've been much better there. I don't know that I, I really see any big weaknesses on Clemson that, that Notre Dame didn't exploit and that have been fixed now. Um, You know, they, they've been good at punt coverage. They've been good at kickoff coverage. Uh, Antonio Williams, as I mentioned in punt return is, is a pretty dynamic player. Uh, So, you know, yeah, I mean, I I think it's two very good special teams units. It very well could come down to to a play on special teams, but I don't know that I would necessarily say one or the other has a huge edge. I think it's two really good special teams units.
1: Matt, uh, good stuff as always, man. I got a, Maybe two more questions, more like one and a half. I know we've talked about receivers, but uh, I know you and I were talking on the phone uh, earlier this week and you mentioned Clemson's tight ends. So um, how much of a factor have they been? And if Carolina is able to have some success, uh, maybe shutting down the outside receivers for Clemson, how much have they relied on throwing the ball to their tight ends, either, you know, those safe routes underneath or, uh, you know, potentially like those seam passes, that uh, can create big plays.
2: Yeah, I think that's a, a huge factor in the game, and I think Clemson is going to look to those guys early and often. Uh, you know, you mentioned them them having success. I mean, Davis Allen is the second leading receiver on the team. The Clemson tight end with 32 catches, he's also second in yards with, or maybe third in yards with 374. He's got four touchdowns. I mean, he's a guy that they look to. You know, if, if Antonio Williams is option one, um, Davis Allen's option two on third down. He just seems to always find a way to be open. They kind of find him over the middle. They hit him on, uh, you know, short and under now three underneath routes off of the zone read play and stuff. So definitely him and Jake Brenningstuhl, who isn't necessarily as good of a blocker, but is a very good pass-catching tight end. You know, I think Clemson's game plan is is try to establish the run, get Will Shipley going, and then hit those tight ends over the middle as linebackers start to cheat up and even safety start to cheat up some. So definitely uh South Carolina needs to know where those guys are for sure.
1: Matt, you already said uh, you got Clemson winning. Uh, do you have a score? Any more details uh, you want to give on how you see this thing playing out?
2: Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll go Clemson 27 to 20. I just think it'll be a, a pretty fun, close game, competitive game. I mean, I'm excited to see it. Um, I will say with, with, one more point on the Clemson offense is just DJU.
1: Hey Matt, we uh, we lost you for a second there, man. Um, let's see if we can get him back. I want to see what this thought was. We're gonna get him. It's gonna be a good thought. It's gonna be a good one. Um, Matt is straight frozen right now. <laughs> Tell you, man, when we do these shows uh, and we're on the road and other people are on the road, the last two have been an adventure. Yeah. Um, I will say this our connection um, for our Tennessee guest last week uh, struggled about as much as Tennessee's football team did last week. So um, maybe a sign here. Slight
0: struggle for Matt and for Clemson.
1: Yes. um, We'll see if we can get Matt back. Um, I want to get that final thought. Uh, Let's try one more time. Matt, uh, sorry about it. No, you good, man? Um, did you uh, morph into? Did you change clothes during the? <laughs> you, you look completely different. You have a hat on now. Um, I'm on the,
2: I'm on the phone now instead of laptop, so we had to switch things up.
1: Yeah. So you you were finishing up anyway. You were about to say DJ's name, and then you completely froze. You said you had one more thought on the Clemson offense, and then we'll let you get out of there after that, man. But uh, what were you about to tell us?
2: Yeah, just DJ running the ball. I think is something to watch out for. Um, he's he carried or he had almost ninety yards rushing last week. Had a career high. He's not necessarily the fastest, but he's really tough to bring down. I know we talked about that song, but just you know those seven, eight, ten yard gains where he's faking the handoff and keeping, or or the design runs, or if you bring a bring a blitz from one side, he's kind yeah. of sneaking out the other side. So. He's tough to bring down. Um, he's the guy that a lot of times, you know, you maybe hit, hit him at three or four yards and he picks up eight or nine and now it's second and one. So just definitely him running the ball, I think, is something to watch out for, particularly in the red zone and in short yarders. They like to like to use him a lot.
1: Matt, uh, good stuff, man. Hey, we appreciate you making the time. Um, enjoy the game tomorrow. If uh, any Gamecock fans out there want to read up on Clemson a little bit more, maybe want to dive into South Carolina's opponent. They can go check that out. ClemsonSports.com. That is the Clemson on three site. Uh, Matt and the guys over there do a fantastic job. Um, Matt, enjoy the game tomorrow, man. We appreciate it. Okay.
2: Appreciate it. Go USA.
1: See you. All right, there you go, Matt Connolly. About to go watch some soccer. Uh, appreciate him joining us again. We are live from the Market on Main, Main Street, Columbia, South Carolina. And Chris, as promised, I um, have got. Uh, to tell folks a little bit about how they can win access to Market on Main's—I um, was about to say preseason, pre-game, pre—it's a pre-New Year's Eve. Is is a New Year's Eve party? Is a pre-New Year's party? There you go. I don't know, guys. <laughs> you got it. It's been a long week. Um, all right, here we go. They have an awesome three-course meal. They have an open bar with house alcohol plus high-end alcohol available for purchase. Live music. You can watch the ball drop. On the biggest screen in the world, I think. Um, asterisk, not really, but it is really big. Champagne Toast and Sparkler um, ring in the new year. So that's going to be at Market on Main. You can buy your tickets to that at uh, MarketOnMain.com. They have an Eventbrite as well. Or go to the Gamecock Central Instagram, and uh, we actually have one of those posts that is um, – collaborated between both of them, between Market on Main, which is at Market on Main, Cola SC, and Gamecock Central. Go check that out. Uh, We got a giveaway. Um, All the info is on there. I'm not going to read this out. Just go check it out on IG. And uh, Really, really cool place to spend New Year's Eve. Uh, Some great food. We're going to have some food here in a second. And uh, Obviously, a great place to come watch the game on this big old screen. Uh, You can go to MarketOnMain.com for more information as we uh, close in on rivalry weekend for South Carolina and for everybody else. Chris, I cannot believe the season. The regular season is almost over. Like, it just got here. It has flown by. But um, Gamecocks, Tigers, noon kickoff, ABC on Saturday. Uh, What did we learn from Matt that we did not know before?
0: Uh, I think he gave some more details, like confirmed some of our uh, suspicions or maybe things that we thought, you know, this Clemson offense has not been super dynamic. The defense, I thought it was interesting, Wes. Matt seemed almost not quite as bullish on Clemson's defense. I mean, certainly recognizes their talent level. They changed some personnel after the weight game. Tweaks and things on the back end. They've been better there than certainly they were in that game where they gave up tons of yards, big plays through the air. And certainly you like their front, right? Uh, Their linebackers, their defensive line, with their depth, their talent. Murphy, Brian Brzee, all those guys. But I thought it was interesting that he pointed out that some of the better offenses that they have played have given them some problems. Notre Dame's been able to run the football. We saw Syracuse was able to, at least in the first Mm -hmm. half, move the football, and score some points. And Florida State, one that he pointed out. Interesting comp there with maybe Florida State and South Carolina. Florida State, I went and looked through their point totals and their schedule this year. They've been pretty consistently good on offense. South Carolina has not been consistent. But the best version of this South Carolina offense that we've seen, Wes, that may give you some pause if you're a Clemson fan. That may scare you. That, of course, was – way above and beyond anything we've seen but it does show you that it's possible and then you put it against some of the other offensive performances some of the better offensive performances that South Carolina has put up this season against Power Five or SEC competition and it does get you thinking if they're clicking could they have a little bit more success than maybe we think against this Clemson defense
1: well I think man you look at this series as of late and Clemson has owned the lines of scrimmage, particularly Clemson's defensive line. Like, yep. they've they've given South Carolina no chance to operate on offense. So, I think you have to find some ways. Now, I believe South Carolina's offensive line should come in with confidence from last week. I think this is a Clemson defensive front, as talented as, as they are. They are very talented. They've not been as dominant as they were if you go back – Especially some of those must champ years, man, where they were just absolutely dominant against South Carolina's front. So maybe there's an opportunity there. Maybe, you know, Matt, again, to your point, seemed to indicate when they have sort of uh, been playing better offenses, they have not been, they've come, they've kind of come back down to earth a little bit. Like they are still a very good defense, but they are not this just complete elite lockdown defense that has very few holes. So I, I honestly feel a little bit more positively about South Carolina's chances after listening to Matt talk. Now I'll say this as the game went on against Tennessee, Tennessee got less and less aggressive defensively. It feels like Clemson's MO, especially under Brent Venables. I imagine this is something that still uh, remains true, Their MO is to get more and more aggressive if, um, for one, if they smell blood in the water, but two, if they're struggling. Mm -hmm. I feel like, you know, Matt said it, they're going to start to tack on rushers, tack on blitzers if they're not getting there. So if you're South Carolina, you have to have a plan for that. That can allow for some big plays, but you have to have a plan for that. I've sort of, as he was talking, kept thinking, man, if they can give Rattler any time to operate, this could be a big day for Juice Wells again. Like I I think you actually – you probably don't like South Carolina's receivers in that matchup. Recently, this year, the way Wells has played as of late and what you – kind of how Clemson's dropped back a little bit at defensive back, just pure talent-wise, pure athleticism-wise, you maybe like Carolina's chances there. So maybe an opportunity if you can – if you're Carolina – you're going to have to combat those blitzes with the right type of quick passes. You're going to have to get open quick, right? Like you're going to have to give Rattler those windows to throw. However, I don't know, guys. I feel a little bit better about it, certainly, than I did um, the last five years, I would say. And I'll say this. I'm not always right. Like I'm wrong plenty. But I was not buying into the hype last year of, this is, you know, this is the year South Carolina is going to take a big step forward against Clemson. You know, I think a lot of people kind of talked themselves into that last year. Mm-hmm. Um, this year it just feels like Carolina is going to be much more equipped to handle what Clemson can throw at them. And um, I'll give y'all a key that goes fairly deep. Um, but still, I, I think is a massive key to this game. And that is, um, I'm leaning on my guy, Parker, here from Stats War. Great follow on Twitter. Um, his algorithm or whatever he uses to project scores is phenomenal. He, he had South Carolina beating Auburn um, two years ago, the final must-champ year, and everything else had Carolina losing that game. And he was the only algorithm I saw – um, his algorithm was the only one I saw that had the South Carolina-Tennessee game even being close. Like, it was – you know, the percentages on that game, ESPN, were like – FPI was like 90%, I think, going in. Now, he had Tennessee winning the game, but it was like tight as opposed – tighter than than most places. Like 70,
0: 60, you no.
1: remember? Uh, well, no, it, I don't remember the percentage, but he, he has score projections as well, and I think it was like – an eight point game or something as opposed. Wow. Yeah. So Crazy. Um, his, his projected score to this one is um, Clemson 28.8 South Carolina, 20.3. Um, he has Clemson 73% chance of winning the game, um, but still much closer than the line Yeah, the line is 14 and a half. So, but I, I thought this was interesting. He has some really cool breakdowns that go well beyond the usual. And, caught my attention. Clemson's defense still statistically um, really pretty good, except for one glaring issue. So Clemson's defense is phenomenal on third downs. Um, Ninth in the country on third or fourth down success rate. Mm -hmm. Um, However, their one glaring issue is percentages of first downs giving up on first or second down. So that's the opponents don't even get to third down they're getting a chunk play on first or second down and uh, going ahead and converting the downs there. Well, what did we see from South Carolina against Tennessee? Obviously, they had a lot of success on third downs and fourth downs, but I thought they were as good as we've seen them all year at uh, being aggressive on first down, throwing the ball on first down, getting some chunk plays. First downs were huge for them. And um, so I I think uh, if you look at South Carolina's offense – They actually have been pretty good this year as well. Um, not they're more middle of the pack on third down, but they've been pretty good themselves on percentages of first downs on first or second down. So, third downs are what people talk about, but third downs are directly impacted by how you do on your first down. So, I think this is a game. If I'm in South Carolina, you got to roll out the what did Juice Wells call it the it offense, like (laughs) yeah, pretty much. Um, you had, the, yes. you had that offense and the drop your you know uh defense, and I think that's the key to South Carolina on both. You want to get past the X's and O's and the scheme and all that, but aggressiveness. Clemson's going to be aggressive on defense, but if Carolina sure. can be aggressive on offense and get some of those chunk plays on first downs, um, it just the game's going to play out much differently, I think, than we've seen it the last couple of years where it's been dominant Clemson defense, and really that's just allowed Clemson's offense to run the football with no pressure on them to have to move the ball.
0: Didn't Marcus Satterfield talk earlier in the season? You remember when there was a lot of first-down discussion or early-down discussion versus third-down? Wasn't his stat that they were good on first-down? Or or I think at one point in the season they were really good on third-down and terrible in the early ones. Yeah, we that sounds right. We saw Wes against
1: um, – All right, we got oh, some – go. I'm going to interrupt you. Thank yeah. you, Missy yeah for you.
0: anything
1: else I think we are good. Perfect. Thank you. Yeah. um
0: that looks phenomenal by the way. Wow. yeah, we're
1: rolling Let me tell everybody what I'm rolling oh, with please. i'm gonna I'm gonna give you the uh the uh, field here again. We are going pulled pork again. Mm-hmm. Uh, Chris, I went salad just because yesterday, <laughs> no, salad yesterday. There was no salad yesterday. There's no salad. There's a lot of carbs yesterday, yeah. lots of protein as well. But um, I did go – man, I'm a sucker for pulled pork sandwich. So pulled pork sandwich, got some uh, sesame seed bun here. I had the pulled pork quesadilla last um, Mm – two weeks ago, I guess. It was phenomenal, so I stuck with that as well. And I'm not a big salad eater at all. I normally strongly dislike salad. They got a great vinaigrette um, dressing here. Mm -hmm. So uh, we did – we went salad, pulled pork sandwich. Um, I'm sure it's going to be phenomenal.
0: It looks amazing. I mean, uh, I may just I mean, let
1: you finish the show and then...
0: I mean, you just sit here and eat the rest of the time? Yeah. No, but, um, you know, there have been... Like, they've gone through spurts South Carolina has where they're good on early downs, or they're not very good, and then it's up to third down, and sometimes they've been pretty good on third down. They've had games where they've been very bad on third down, and not surprisingly, some of their metrics in those, in their, in those games reflect that. But what we do know... Early down success against Tennessee was good. Everything was successful, but they were really good on third down. They had some key third and fourth down conversions. Those are going to be more difficult on Saturday. So one of my keys to the game is exactly what you're talking about, and that is early down success. Uh, This isn't a Clemson team you want to be living and dying by third and nine or third and ten. You do that, the numbers tell you it's probably statistically not going to go in your favor more often than not just because they're able to heat you up so much. Conversely, I mean, one of the keys, one of the biggest reasons that we saw so much success for South Carolina last uh, game against Tennessee was Spencer Rattler had a clean pocket all game. And he also made perfect decisions almost every time I saw with whether to hang in the pocket, step up in the pocket, or bail the pocket when there was some pressure. There were some times he got rid of the ball at the last split second, was able to make a completion. His receivers had a great game too. So, Early down success against Clemson, and it doesn't really matter whether it's running the football, passing the football. They just have to find something early to keep moving the chains and being able to score.
1: Definitely, man. Uh, By the way, uh, I was trying to confirm there, yes, our our contest is live. So go to um, either Market on Main, which is at Market on Main SC Instagram, or just go to Gamecock Central. It's on both of them, um, how you can get some tickets to come enjoy uh, New Year's here at Market on Main. Uh, Chris we're going to give some predictions here in a moment so before we do that uh, by the way I do I hope everybody had a great Thanksgiving hope it was awesome hope y'all have some awesome plans for the weekend as well Um, I'm going to tell you about our friends at Liberty Tax right here in Columbia 803-462-5576 tax season is right around the corner Um, they've got offices here in Irmo in Lexington and in Columbia and uh, also if you uh, if you don't if you're not comfortable doing the online thing you don't you don't want to deal with like a, a big uh, like somebody over the phone or something like that, a National Company um do it, do it, do your taxes local 803-462-5576. Uh, they've got a great team here and uh, if you've had issues with the IRS or if you're a business owner and want to put the burden of doing uh, all that payroll stuff and keeping your books all that stuff, uh, Liberty Tax can help you with that as well. 803 462-5576. As always, this show is brought to you by our buddy Clint Hammond as well. 803 771 6933 clinthammon.com. Um, if, if you're interested in buying a house, maybe you want to buy a house, but you've just been a little bit uh nervous about everything going on with the markets and interest rates and all that stuff, uh, Clint can help walk you through that. Clint is Clint's been doing this for like 50 years, I think, uh, since he was. Since before he was born. Um, That's impressive. Yes. so clinthammond.com. What I'm trying to say is Clint is an expert. Uh, Clint is the man. Give him a shout. Uh, 803-771-6933. Chris, what was your not score, not game final prediction? Okay. What was your other prediction on the game?
0: I completely stole yours in a way from last week. Oh, my goodness. I'm sorry. So, shout out, though, seriously, to you. You predicted an increased role for On Joyner against Tennessee based on the, they had very little success against Florida, obviously, uh, none in terms of points, but De'Carion Joyner was involved and looked good. And based on that, you predicted against Tennessee he would have an increased role. You were right. He played 19 snaps total, 11 were at quarterback, Wes, and he had some big, tough runs, administered the offense well in terms of, it certainly had some option looks to some of the plays. through the pass to Spitzer Rattler on the gadget play um so you predicted that and you were you were right and i think he was a he was an integral part of that success being able to roll out that package i predicted west that we see an, a, again more to carry did you just joiner. copy and paste hey, mine from i last didn't week. copy and paste i, I kind of <laughs> repurposed a little bit used some of my own my own words uh, my own vocabulary but yeah i, I think an increased stroke that's that's not really like uh, some big bold prediction or overarching i tried to loop some of those into some of our other material my insider report, the keys to the game. Tried to throw some more in there, but just a small prediction. We see more to carry on Joiner, like we did uh, back on Saturday.
1: Yeah, and I, I think if he's going to be successful against these guys, you got to keep expanding that package a yep. little bit. Oh, yeah, and, yeah. Um, you know, Clark Brooks, we had him on earlier this week. Um, he charts all this stuff out uh, better than anybody else on the planet, basically. And – You know, he he basically said, Look, this is kind of, they basically run three concepts out of that package. And so I think you're going to have to continue to expand that. Like, if if you're going to continue to expand his role, it also is going to have to be expanding some of the plays you ask him to run. And uh, I would like to see, honestly, a few more throws. Like, the the throw um, to Spencer was when he was lined up at wide receiver. Mm -hmm. We saw the throw um, when he was lined up at quarterback. at Vandy, then they shifted him, yep. snapped the ball to CBS, handed it to him. <laughs> he did three circles, and then, you know, I mean, I mean yeah. it, it had all types of uh, eye candy attached to it. But I'd like to see a few more things. Um, maybe maybe Stefan Gilmore circa 2009. I'll
0: throw it up to Alshon. Yes. Jeffrey. Okay, yes. That would be a good point. Stefan to Alshon.
1: <laughs> um, you know, I'd like to see some of those things, and just I think you're going to have to do that because Clemson. One thing I've always noticed about their defense when they play Carolina, their linebackers just get downhill. Like they are a very downhill defense. They attack, attack, attack. I think you've got to find some ways to attack over top of them and keep them from getting so downhill. So I'd be tempted one of the first few times to carry on's in there, um, throw the football over their heads potentially. And I I thought we saw to carry on play more – um, at receiver as well than we have in, in mm-hmm. recent weeks yep. and, or, or throughout the rest of the year, I should say. And this could be a game, if they're bringing pressure, then your tight ends over the middle, your slot guys over the middle, which, you know, Amarian Brown, on Joyner, whoever's in there in the slot, uh, going to be an important game for them. Uh, Pearson Fowler brought it up earlier, important game, I think, for Nate Atkins to continue to successfully do the things he's been doing and um, Chris, we haven't talked about Marshawn Lloyd, the possibility of him getting back into the mix um, still don't have, you know, and we're honestly guys, we're careful about injuries. Like that's we're careful with what we say or report about injuries, but I, I think there, it's at least safe to say there's a much greater chance of him making an impact in this game than there was going into the last couple of games where by now, it was sort of becoming apparent behind the scenes that he was not going to be able to play. So we'll see if he plays. We'll see if he's able to make an impact. I tend to think it's going to be kind of a game time. How does he feel on Saturday type thing? But um, my gut feeling is he probably does give it a go this time. And, you know, I think Carolina's going to – if I'm them, I'm still doing a lot of the same things I did against Tennessee while also now having – that additional threat potential in the backfield and Marshawn Lloyd. And I think getting him the ball, Chris, in in the passing game, Mm -hmm. if you can catch him in a blitz at the right time with the right screen call on, we have seen Marshawn, before he got hurt, have a ton of success. I know he wants to get a little bit more efficient as far as catching the football. But we've seen him on some short passes when it's been called at the right time create some big plays, that may be something yeah. to keep an eye on tomorrow as well.
0: Yeah, even if you can get him some
1: touches in the
0: game and if he looks decently healthy on him, this is a guy that he's broken tackles at a clip much greater than other Carolina running backs. And so, yeah, he may be more limited in that regard, but still his open field ability, like you said, his ability to catch the football, um, he can he can still make teams pay in a hurry. He can turn a, a negative gain into a four- or five-yard gain or a ten-yard gain and he can obviously turn a short pass into a lengthier gain as well. So you kind of look at what you can get from Marshawn Lloyd as a bonus in this game. I agree with you. You're not going to be able to reinvent the offense. They didn't for the Tennessee game. They Mm. they simplified things. They changed some things. They added some wrinkles. um, But they were just very efficient, and everything clicked. You're going to have to do what you're good at doing in this Mm. game, but you're just going to have to execute it again. And you are going to have to be able to respond to some adversity and some wrinkles because Clemson is going to make it difficult, I think, up front especially. That's going to be the biggest difference from week to week is that this is going to be a greater challenge for South Carolina's offensive front, those backs, the tight ends, the offensive line.
1: And they, uh, I think they just called it a little bit more aggressively in yep. terms of just uh, keeping the foot on the gas, throwing the ball on first downs. Um, you know, the the third and long kind of late in the game, man, third and 20 they drop back and throw that deep, that deep dig, that dagger route. A lot of times we've seen them kind of take the, you know, let's throw a screen here. Let's throw um, a wide receiver screen, uh, you know, maybe run the draw and punt. They said, no, we're still, we're going, we're scoring. We're trying to score until this game is over. You know, like it wasn't, there was no let up. And I I think you're going to have to, at times, have that aggressive mindset in this game as well. And uh, we'll see. It's going to be different, different defense, different approach. But I think in terms of getting Spencer Rattler going, um, we talked about this, and I'm trying to get everything, trying to remember what we talked about on the other show and what we talked about here. But, Chris, Rattler, ultimately, if you're going to circle one guy, Mm -hmm. one guy on either team who can more effectively flip this game, Clemson is still a 14-and-a-half point favorite in this game. I think that's a little high, personally. But Vegas knows these things, so who are we to to say they're wrong? If there's one guy who can flip this, it is Spencer Rattler playing with the confidence and delivering the football by stepping up in the pocket and with the accuracy that we saw him play last week. If that happens, that has been one of the biggest differences in this rivalry is that Clemson has had quarterback play. South Carolina has not had great quarterback play. And um, I think he's the guy who could flip this entire game tomorrow.
0: Yeah. Clemson, if, if it's an on Spencer Rattler, they've not seen that this year. Uh, what would be the closest? I mean, Matt was talking about Drew Prine from Notre Dame. They didn't get to see Malik Cunningham from Louisville yeah. the entire game. Jordan Travis from Florida State's a really good quarterback. Maybe that's the closest. Uh, they the wake, the wake offense. The Wake uh, offense gave yeah. them problems with Sam Hartman. Uh, Devin Leary was still playing for NC State right at that time, so they played some good quarterbacks. So I felt I, like
1: Wake got away from the passing game late in that did. game.
0: So, I still think even with those guys, the own Spencer Rattler, the clicking Spencer Rattler, like that's something they haven't seen. Right? And and so, um, now, it, will they get that version? I, I don't know. We don't know that yet. Um, we'll be, see the version that we saw last week for sure. We'll see a scaled back version of that maybe at best, but I agree with you. Um, it, it not only look, it, it not only his ability to throw the ball, but I go back to the pocket decisions mm-hmm. because even even like sometimes this year where he's had the protection, he hasn't always made the right pocket decisions. He made perfect ones last week, and so he, there will be more pressure this week. Yeah, so it's going to be up to him to to deliver in those situations.
1: Yeah, and th- those decisions get sped up sometimes mm-hmm. when you're facing a team that's able yeah. to get pressure and. I thought that was a big key last week. It can kind of snowball on you positively or negatively because they had such good protection. He wasn't feeling pressure when it wasn't there. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. And I think there are times this year where frankly, because there was so much early pressure, then he was anticipating it when it didn't end up coming. So I think that'll be something to keep an eye on moving forward, but we're going to find, we're going to know y'all. I hate to go back to the, it's a trope at this point. Like, they talk about TV and movie tropes. It's a trope at this point. But the early part of the game, the starting fast, it's a thing. Like It
0: is a thing. It is a
1: thing. We're going to know in the first 10 minutes, I think. Um, if it's close when 10 minutes are up, I think it's going to be a close football game. If Clemson's up 14 to nothing, then it's, not. yeah. it's going to be a struggle. Um, all right, final prediction, Chris, you've hinted. If they were listening to 107.5 earlier, they already know. Uh, if they've read Gamecock Central, they already know. That's right. What's your pick? I have South Carolina doing
0: just enough to pull this one out west this year. 28-24 Gamecocks in Death Valley in a nooner. Uh, close game, obviously. When, when you look, I think it's going to be close throughout. It's going to come down to a fourth-quarter contest. I have South Carolina making a big defensive play or two. And then doing just enough offensively, especially through the air, that's where they're going to have to bread their butter in this game. to make enough plays through the air, some big third down conversions, and Spencer Rattler with another quality game to spring an upset.
1: I uh, also have South Carolina winning. I picked the weirdest score I could think of, twenty nine twenty eight. I do, I do, I just, I got a feeling, y'all. It kind of, I don't know, I don't All know by. if there, I don't know if there are any actual parallels to this, but it feels a little bit like. Spurrier's first win over Clemson. When uh, South Carolina went up there, day game, Carolina's offense under Spurrier had been kind of shaky. They had reinserted Blake Mitchell mm-hmm. into the lineup, and going into that game, the offense like was showing a lot of signs of life, yeah. and they went up there and they went up and down the field on Clemson. They even they had some things go against them. I think, uh, wasn't there a... Didn't Clemson pick up a fumble and return it for a touchdown? Or, yes. yes. Yeah. And South, South Carolina literally, it felt like they could have scored 60 points in that game, but they shot themselves in the foot a few times, I think. But they were just going up and down the field. Um, Clemson misses a field goal late. Carolina wins. And that, that spurrier offense was rolling down the stretch. It feels like Carolina, two of the last three games, maybe has found something. We'll see if they can continue that. 29 28 there's going to be another big special team's play in this game. And if Carolina can sense that they're in this, the confidence continues to to rise on the Carolina sideline. One more thing, Wes. 2008,
0: Shane Beamer mentioned this the other day. He was an assistant during that game for South Carolina. They go up to Death Valley for another noon game. Rainy, miserable game that turned out even more rainy and miserable. South Carolina loses the game to interim coach Dabo Swinney ends up springboarding him to the job, and then a new era of of, uh, Clemson football. This will be the 15th game. 2008 was game number one. This is game number 15, another noon game in Death Valley. Landmark kind of number. Yeah. Where does it end up landing? Can Shane Beamer use this game to springboard his own program into year
1: three? Yeah. and Let me make sure I'm accurate. 2006 is the game I was talking about. Yes, the that, Dean miss. That was game. the Jadine miss, and South Carolina had lost a close game in Columbia the year before on a field goal. On a field, field goal, yep. Uh, just a defensive slugfest in that one. Carolina goes back, 2006. Uh, Blake Mitchell, that offense um, moved the ball at will. That was a Spurrier clinic um, game. But uh, but yeah, 2006. That was that was a great game for Gamecock fans and one that really just. Um, kind of seem to turn things a little bit in their their favor. Uh, But I I think, uh, I don't know, it feels like that to me just because Carolina's offense has gotten going as of late. Um, The 2009 game was the beginning of the five-year streak and started out, uh, Beamer talked about this earlier as well, started out with the kickoff return for touchdown after an offsides call. Mm -hmm. Carolina re-kicked, Spiller takes it to the house, touchdown, uh, but then it was all South Carolina from there. And uh, that's what started the uh, the five spot there for South Carolina. Uh, we shall see, though. We'll have complete coverage on Gamecock Central. I believe you are going to hear from me one more time. I've not heard from Kendall um, on when we're going to do it. But before the sandstorm, you all hear from me one more time before the matchup. Uh, but appreciate you all joining us again. Hope you all had a great Thanksgiving. Hope you're out there shopping, buying everything you need. And uh, we're going to have complete coverage throughout the day on Gamecock Central. We'll have complete post-game coverage um, on Sunday as well, GamecockCentral.com. He is Chris Clark. I'm Wes Mitchell. We're live at the Market on Main. We'll talk to you soon. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky
0: just about anywhere.